with us this evening. And if you're wondering if that is an Irish accent, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so anyway, uh, he's going to share with us tonight. And kiddos, um, I'm going to go ahead and release y'all to Kids Church now. Um, we've got Mr. Andy in the back. And did you guys know 77% of people that come to the Lord come to the Lord before the age of 18? So our kids' church is so important, you guys. It's so important to be sharing the love of Jesus with these young ones and um, getting to know them and letting them share the love of Jesus back with us. So Lord, please bless them, bless our teachers, um, bless them this, this evening, God, and um, may they have a fresh, fresh word and a fresh revelation of your love tonight in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Crystal. Um, the Tuducken of State. I like that, Megan. That's that. We should. You should. Somebody should get pencil and just change it to that. Um, and I suppose I have an Irish accent here. I was home back in Ireland last week, a week or so ago, with my pastor, and we're having a cappuccino, and he's looking across the table at me. He just smiled at me. I said, "What are you smiling at?" He said, "You're no longer Irish." I was like, "Get behind me, Satan." And, uh, but uh, it's so good to be with you, and hopefully you'll be encouraged, and, and thanks for allowing me to be here, and I uh, hope you enjoyed dinner in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm uh, one of the pastors, as Pastor Chris is at a crossroads. been here for 14 years, which just seems like yesterday, um, but yeah, 14 years has passed quickly. Someone asked me this morning at Uenta, have you learned American yet? And I'm like, well, have I? And they said, well, what is it? I said, I, I came to America 28 years ago whatever it was, 31 years ago, I first came with Andrea to Reno. Um, again, this, like, this is therapy for me. So it's 31 years ago, Carly, I'm in Reno. It's Christmas Eve, right? And in Ireland, everything shuts down at five o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, it's six o'clock Christmas Eve. <clears throat> We're getting ready to go to candlelight service. Please bring a friend to the candlelight service here next week. It'll be the coolest thing in the world. If you have a friend, invite them. And so Andrea said, hey, we'll go shopping after church. And I did that, Graham. I was, excuse me? She goes, we'll go shopping after church. And I'm like, it's like 6 o'clock. And she goes, yeah, but you're in Reno. I'm like, like what does that mean? <clears throat> well, 1130 on Christmas Eve, I was shopping in Reno with Andrea. So I was like, Jesus, you got to help these people because nobody should shop at 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And we were out shopping, so we were. So, hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Um, <clears throat> here we are again. Like, who thought yesterday would be in December this quickly, right? It's, it's Christmas in a few days. It's snowing like crazy. It shouldn't snow. Thank you, Jesus didn't snow today. He loves me. But I was home in Ireland again a, few, a week or so ago. It was like minus 20 degrees. And I, I was like dressed. I had three layers on. I had a coat on. My mom's church was doing a Christmas dinner. They invited me to go. It was kind of hybrid inside, outside. And so I'm like standing with my mom. And I'm like this. <laughs> And she's like, what's wrong with you? I said, Mom, I'm freezing. Like, it's cold here. And she said, son, you're no longer Irish. I was like, mother, just because you're my mother, I love you, but get behind me, Satan. Um, and I was like, I came back last Sunday or last Saturday, Sunday, whatever day we got back because I'm still jet lagged. And I was so glad that it was cold, but it wasn't minus 20. So it's good to be here. It's good to be in December. But here's a crazy thought. So often in this season, the whole December season, many of us commit to finding rest in this season that's notoriously wrought with materialism, busyness, 
and exhaustion. But to do the whole find rest thing, we have to slow down enough to at least allow our hearts and our minds to be impacted by what matters most, which is this, the whole birth of Jesus situation. It's a thing that pauses us, a thing that stops us. Um, I wonder if you ever practice taking pause moments because there's so much busyness around us that if we could just pause for a second and think back on all that this represents, it would allow us to have access to the thing we're talking about today, the whole idea of joy. We, I hear people, maybe you hear people say things like this, Jesus is the... Thank you. Yeah, I, I hear it all the time. People, Jesus is the reason for the season, yet we find ourselves pressed to rush right past him. Got to get all the presents in place. Got all, all the things. Got to get all the direct decorations up. Got to get your house decorated. The coolest house in the world, by the way, if you haven't been there, they have an open door from 1st of December through the 1st of January is Joanne's house. It's the coolest, coolest decorated house in the world. First time I went there, I was like, how many houses are in your house? And she's, no, it's all mine. It's the coolest Christmas decorated house in the world. And she starts July 1st. <clears throat> and she it's coolest, coolest thing. And, and so often we get caught up in business. And that idea, what does it look like to find rest and joy? One way is this is to pause for a moment, is to slow down enough to celebrate this. Each week we've been kind of pausing and taking a moment and kind of lighting candles that represent a whole host of different things. And to today's, thank you, Jesus. You ever watch those shows on TV where everything goes wrong for about two seconds? That was about to happen with us. Why a candle? I light a candle in my house literally every day. I, I do a thing called the offices on a constant basis in my house where I stop for a few minutes, just catch my breath. And one of the things I do is actually light candles just to allow me to have something to focus and to pause and to take a moment for. What's the pause for? It's the hope that people are hopeless and we offer hope. It's people don't have peace and yet we offer a person who brings peace. It's unconditionally loving somebody rather than conditionally loving somebody. And we offer somebody who unconditionally loves people just the way we are. And we come to this place of joy which is the whole series that we've been in the last few weeks is Advent. For, for centuries, it's been tied to the first coming of Christ and all that it meant for so many people. When we arrive at Christmas Eve next week, we'll finish this journey with the whole powerful personal thought that has been the whole theme for the whole series. It's been God with us. It's God, Emmanuel, God with us, God in that place of wanting to connect with people, not just in a church service like this, which is great, which is wonderful, not just in a worship service, which we'll do in a little bit, which is great, not just in a prayer meeting, which is great, but literally sitting around a dining table like you're doing right now. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff. You literally can pause and just be in his presence because he wants to be with us. This whole Jesus birth in a manger thing experience was all geared to let <clears throat> that thought become so real to a point that it would take our breath away. If we stopped and thought tonight, it could actually mean to us that God says, I want to be with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever's coming up, I want to be with you. He's not a, quit, a friend who quits on a bad day. He's a friend who's there constantly on every day, every moment, every situation that you find yourself in. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and engage you. He wants to walk through all the challenges you have to walk through. Got the show this morning. I spent a week with my mom in Ireland. 
had some news a few weeks ago that they had some tests done on her that weren't good, and they were doing some more tests. They found out my mother has some cancer in her bowel area, and uh, she's got dementia and Alzheimer's, and flew home, met my sister. My sister called me a few weeks ago. Hey, Rob, here's what's going on. Flew back to Ireland, met with my mom, sat down with her. Hey, mom, what do you think? She said, Rob, chill. Come here, son. The 50-year-old, 58-year-old became a 12-year-old instantaneously in her arms. 80 years old, knowing Jesus, just after, been actually, she's what, she's 50, 52. My dad died when he was 51. Took me by the arms, put her arms around me. I'm about nine feet taller than she is. Tucked me under her arm. Robert, stop. But mom, she goes, Rob, it's okay. Jesus is the reason for the season. And the joy of the Lord is our strength in every situation and circumstance. Let's enjoy what we have rather than complaining and whining about what we don't have or what we'll lose, what will be gone. Let's enjoy the moments we have. I'm so glad you're here, son. So glad you flew halfway around the world to be home with me, that Kaylee's here. I wish Megan was here. Andrea's here. We just get to be together and enjoy one another. There's a reason for the season. His name is Jesus, son. It's okay. Jesus has got this. See, God so desires to be with you and me in the midst of everything good and challenging. He said these words that have stuck with me since I was a little boy, a little 15-year-old who gave his life to Jesus. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Which is mind-blowing when you think about it, that the creator of the universe said he won't leave me. No matter what's going on, he'll have time for me to engage with me. Pause for a moment and just think about this for you. One of the dangers in our Western culture as we substitute happiness for joy. We like happiness to be the concept, and we actually think it's joy, and they're two very, very different things. The lighting of candle is to help us pause and remember that Jesus promises to produce in our lives these things if we choose to enter into a relationship with him. Who's all the, all the movie buffs in the house? Who likes movies? It's, 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 you can put your hand up. It's okay. There'll be no lightning strikes, okay? Especially Braveheart, some of the Irish ones. But any of you ever seen Inside Out? The Pixar, yeah, Pixar movie, coolest, funnest movie in the world. Crazy, right? But it narrows down the human personality into five primary emotions. Disgust, sadness, anger, fear, and joy. Now, although the film very accurate portrays what it maybe looks like for all those emotions to be working inside this thing, I think they get one thing really, really wrong. Spiritually speaking, our joy cannot be lost or forgotten. Why? Because it's not our joy. It's his. It's the Lord's joy that becomes our strength. That's why it's different than happiness, because happiness is something we generate where joy is something he gives to us. Nehemiah said this, there's a sacred day before, this is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, joy is usually synonymous with happiness. But even in today-to-day conversations, we make the distinction that happiness and joy are two very, very separate things. If I describe someone as a joyful person, That doesn't mean to say that they're happy all the time. It means that joy flows out of them and reveals its face in forms of happiness at times. Pastor Rick Warren uh, 
is a gentleman who wrote some famous books and all that sort of stuff, has a fantastic definition for joy. He said this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of our lives. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay and the determined choice that we make to praise him in every situation regardless. Just pause and think about that definition against the idea of being happy. We don't even actually scratch the surface, to be honest. That's why these scriptures, I think, for me, become so powerful in this time of year around the Christmas story. This represents tonight. It's found in Luke 2. It says this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the city of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. So he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. When they were there, the time came for the, the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, the son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were petrified. I'd have been petrified. It goes from really, really dark to really, really bright. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I bring you really, 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 really good news that will produce and bring joy for all the people who actually want to draw close to him. And can I just say this? If you need joy today, I have incredibly good news for you. The one who can bring you and I real joy has just arrived back then. It wasn't that the situation was changed because it didn't. But more so, the arrival of a person could change you and me. You see, joy is not found in a a place. It's found in a person, the person of Jesus, not in a circumstance. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Emmanuel, the Lord. See, God did everything he could to help create an opportunity for reconnection with you and I to take place. That's the whole reason for him coming in the first place. This is a great nativity scene. That's the whole reason for this baby lying in a manger. Why a manger? So every single person would be welcome. It wasn't just for rich. It wasn't just for poor. It wasn't just for police officers or teachers. Every single person would be 110% welcome in a manger. That that baby would be open-armed to embrace and receive them. C.S. Lewis says something so powerful. He says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Let me go back to the definition a second. The two parts of definition are quiet confidence and determined choice. See, we feel a sense of joy when we praise God and know that he's in control. Is a daily minute-by-minute choice. We'll either frantically move through this Christmas season looking for happiness, which is a, a feeling based on a circumstance, and therefore it's dangerous, dangerously inconsistent. I will pause for a moment and remember where joy is found. It's found in the person of Jesus, regardless of the circumstances, which is absolutely rock solid. It's in knowing him and being known by him. When we rest in his joy, 
we're indeed able to acknowledge the one who really is in control. Romans 15 says it so, so well. It says this, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Joy is only found in one person and nowhere else. Our culture wants you to substitute it for everything else. It wants you to substitute it for happiness and joy and happiness are not the same. They're two very, very different things. Why? Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So people so often look, I want, I want, look, I want joy, but I look for happiness. I want happiness, but I look for joy. And it gets confused. And here's the truth. It's not happiness we need. It's joy. It's the joy of the Lord in every situation and circumstance that we have to face. The place to get filled with joy and peace is simple. It's in that moment when you and I choose to trust in him afresh in this season. It's when you and I pause for a second and allow a candle or whatever it would be to slow us down and to quiet us where we can just sit for a moment and just stop the craziness. Get off the crazy train. The next thing we have to run to, the next thing we have to do, the next check in our checklist, the next thing that just kind of noisily collides and falls into our life. And Jesus goes, take a chill pill and find some quietness and let joy become something fresh. He's, the joy we're talking about is not something that flows into us. It's something that's placed in us. And then it flows out of us. King David, which is one of those dudes in the Bible, is the coolest cat, one of the coolest cats in the world, says something like this in Psalm 16. He said, because of you, I know the path of life as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. You know what God's presence looks like right now? God says we're two or more gathered there in the midst of them I am. The worship team will get up in a second looking forward to it. But here's a crazy mind blower. We don't need the worship team to usher in God's presence. He's actually already here. We don't need the worship team to kind of conjure us up to, hey, God, hey, hey, we're over here. Come here, right, we need your attention. He's actually already here. He just loves us doing this. He looks forward for us to pause for a second corporately and to worship together. We don't have to use worship to get his attention. He already has our attention. He already sees you in all that you are as a person and so desires to refresh you at the deepest of all, I want it at the right side. I experience divine pleasures forevermore, David says. I know the path of life as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. See, I want that. I hope you do too. I want that kind of joy that's so deeply rooted in my heart that nothing can cause it to waver. Like an anchor for my soul. Remind us of this, the deducting of statements I heard a second ago is our joy is in the Lord and the Lord is in 
circumstances. That's a whole different level of security. That's a whole different level of function because it's actually not about what's happening outside of me. It's actually what's about happening inside of me. That, that my joy is in that personal place with the Lord and that the Lord is in my circumstances regardless of what's happening around about me. But how do we go by keeping joy at the centerpiece of our focus? Hebrews 12, 2 says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. He is now seated in the place of honor before God's throne. What was the joy that was set before him that helped him stay so focused, enduring all the pain? Can I suggest that it was you? Can I suggest that he had you on his mind through the whole ordeal. That's what allowed him to stay the course. Let me read it in the Passion Version in case you doubt that. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectations on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that we would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. The idea that this journey he took to and through the cross would potentially lead to a restored relationship with you and I was worth it all for him to endure what he endured. Joy is directly linked to the level of intimacy we allow ourselves to have with Jesus. Why? Because he says he produces joy in us through the Holy Spirit. Our joy is in the Lord, and the Lord wants to be in your circumstances if you'll invite him to be there. And I mean this most sincerely for a lot of people that, that enjoy the whole Jesus for the reason season thing. Joy is not a season. It's actually a way of living. It's actually a way of living. We can enjoy this season, we should, but it's actually a way of living. Mother Teresa said this, Joy is a net of love by which we catch souls. For the one filled with joy preaches without preaching. Whatever it is that's trying to distract you or rob you of his joy in this season in your life, for God's sake, choose to refocus Realign your eyes and your hearts back on Jesus, please. Because nothing outside of it will bring you joy. Other stuff may bring you happiness. You may get a good present and you'll be happy for a season. And then come January 1st, it's old. Get the newest game and all of a sudden it's no longer the newest game or the newest outfit or the newest TV or the newest tool or whatever it would be. For, for a few seconds, there's a, a burst of happiness and all of a sudden it's just in the garage, in a drawer, in a tray hanging on a hanger, sitting in a cupboard, and happiness has passed, and yet Jesus offers us joy. Maybe it's as simple as inviting Jesus to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's the simple step this season. If you're, since you're lacking joy in your life, you, you somehow feel like this glass has somehow emptied itself of joy. 
Because I know there's a lot of things at the moment people are struggling with, a culture that's going on. It's so easy to, to get distracted from focusing on being filled with his joy so we can be joy to other people. Why the Holy Spirit? Because Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. And the first one on the list is joy that overflows. Joy only comes as a gift of allowing the Holy Spirit to be fully present and refreshed in our life. It doesn't come any other way. Why is joy and the pursuit of it so, so important? Because love, joy, and peace are at the center of all that Jesus is trying to grow in your life. It's your life. You get to plant whatever seeds you want in it. Well, someone does, no, no. Someone, no, my dad was an alcoholic, so I should have been an alcoholic. I just chose not to be because I planted a different seed in my life. See, it's your life. You get to plant whatever seeds at the end of 2022 you choose to plant. And then whatever gets harvested in 23, it's the seed you chose in 2022. Yet God says, Jesus says, if we want to walk in a fresh place of allowing joy to refill and refresh your life, then ask the Holy Spirit to come and restore and refresh the joy of my salvation because of what Jesus has done for us. If you want to walk in the strength of the Lord, then find his joy and let it become abundant in your life. I don't know if you feel like you're lacking joy tonight because of something that's happened or something that someone said or something that's gone down. But if you are, I just want you to stand where you're at. You're lacking joy. Like, Lord, I need some fresh joy in my life. I want you to stand where you're at. I know people haven't closed their eyes. I'm sorry. The worship team's not playing. Oh, whatever. People are watching. Who gives a freaking rip? I don't give a rip about the person sitting next to me. Jesus is stirring my heart. I really don't. Pastor, would you join me, please? Stephen, are you playing guitar tonight? Would you jump on the guitar a second, please? I know the worship team's going to come up in a second, and I want to change it a little bit, if that's okay with Pastor. All you are standing. Here's one thing I can guarantee you. If you step closer to him, I promise you he'll step closer to you. You make a move towards him, I promise you. He'll make a move towards you. You won't have to get his attention and, and beg him to. He's desperate to draw close to us. He's desperate to allow joy to refresh us in the depth of our being. And when you get joy, you don't need happiness. It's just icing on the cake. But when joy is absent, you're desperate for happiness. Pastor, I brought my friend with me. This is Irish oil. She'll get an Irish accent, I promise. Not. I'm going to ask Pastor just as a second to walk around and anoint everybody and then.